This episode was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of writers and actors, this film wouldn't exist. We stand in solidarity with those striking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of Hard Ticket to Sedaris. I'm Teresa. I'm Cody. I'm Steven. And we're here once again on our (laughs) tri-weekly journey to bring to you all of the the long-gone-but-not-forgotten films of Mr. Andy Sedaris. Which one are we talking about today, Cody? I think the correct term is thrice-weekly. No, thrice-weekly would mean three times a week, goober. Whatever. We're talking about 1989's Savage Beach, the fourth entry in the Bullets, Bombs, and Babes series. Lethal Ladies series. Either one works. Yeah. Okay. That's the name of the DVD set. Yeah. Well, ours is Girls, Guns, and G-Strings. The the book is Bullets, Bombs, and Babes. It's so good, one name does not suffice. Yeah. There's a lot of names. Yeah. It's perfect. Okay. They released right. on October 13th, 1989. So it was squeaked in. It's the last one of this series in the glorious film decade that was the 1980s. Yeah. Starring Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, Bruce Pinhall, Rodrigo Obregon, and John Aprea as Captain Andreas. Yeah. Yep. Got got the Sedaris players, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, produced by Arlene Sedaris and written and directed by our old, old friend Andy. Old friend. Old friend. Runtime of 92 minutes. So it's right in that sweet spot of Sedaris films of between 90 and 95 minutes. I got three taglines for you. Nice. Oh, yes. I love multiple tagline film. Run for cover. This is no ordinary day in the sun. If you think they look easy to kill, look again. (laughs) (laughs) This is like something that uh, William Shatner would say. In a song of his. He only does covers, so. The last tagline may be fitting for what you just said. Someone won't get out of this alive. Dang. Actually, multiple someones. There's several someones who don't make it out alive. Yeah, the, the, yeah. this this has a kill count greater than one. So Yeah. Uh, unre- uh, this is, this it is accurate, are. though. S- yeah. Someone yeah. doesn't make it out alive. It's true. Unrated on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you guys want to guess an audience score? Oh, yeah, audience score. How do we do it? Out of 10? Close to that. No, it's a percentage. I'm going to say 25%. 26. Teresa knows how to play Prices Right correctly. Audience score is 32%. Dang it. (laughs) That was cheap. It's always cheap when they do that. That's the first time I've ever pulled that. If I ever get on there, you know I'm, I'm doing that, and I'm betting a dollar. So Savage Beach, fittingly, starts out on a beach. <laughs> no, there's no, I didn't see any beaches in this movie. I'll tell you that. With a person uh, we don't really see who practicing sword play over the opening credits. Yeah. So many swords in this movie. Morning ablutions. Uh, fade ablutions. to Donna and Taryn, our intrepid heroes, driving through a jungle in their jeep. The Molokai cargo jeep. Yeah, a red jeep this time. Yeah, it's red. And then we cut to two ladies, Patty and Rocky, uh, played by Patty Duffick and uh, Lisa London. Rocky is new. Yes, she is. She has a new character. 
We'll she's, maybe talk about that a little bit more later. She's Patty's a particular scene. Yeah. Uh, they, they're on motorbikes, and they arrive at a warehouse where they lure away the two guards with their feminine wiles. Mm, easy to do, these two ladies. Mm-hmm. And my ties in a, in a thermos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yep. She's like, she made sure to say that. These are my ties, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Don and Taryn, they arrive at the now unguarded warehouse. Unguarded. And well, th- no. There's one guard. The two guards outside. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, that's what I mean by unguarded. There's other people inside, but outside, nobody watching. Uh huh. So Don and Taryn, they arrive. Uh, Donna opens a crate of pineapples and finds drugs inside oh, a pineapple. There's a big bag of powder in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unidentified powder. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, it may have just been flour. <laughs> it could have been anything. It could have been baking soda. Yeah. Anything. Uh, Donna, Donna goes into the office to arrest the boss. And I, I love this scene because she's like, Donna Hamilton, drug enforcement. Here's my badge. Here's my warrant. And the boss is like, well, here's my shotgun. <laughs> and shoots at her. And well, she, that's the thing. She's like slinking around the whole time. Man, she's she's like she's like slinking through the warehouse, like trying to, you know, escape the, yeah. the, the eyes of all the other guards inside. Mm-hmm. And she goes in there and she has a warrant. She could have just been like, here's my warrant. Let me, ch- I got to, I got to search your yeah. stuff. And actually the funny part is all of the search beforehand is, is actually technically illegal. illegal. Yeah. Cause, cause you have to serve the warrant yeah. before you can search. Exactly. Yeah. That's not here nor there. <laughs> I mean, really, if we were going to go through this with a fine-tooth comb and determine legality of this... Well, there's some stuff later on I, I had to make a point of yeah. making a note of that wouldn't happen. But also, they've we'll, never we'll, we'll needed a bad. warrant before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a badge. Like, yeah. they hardly ever flash yeah. a badge. And it's also, like, I think it was, like, a sheriff star. Yeah, it's That's something fine. like that. It's which is, is definitely not... A, yeah. a, she also says drug enforcement, but she doesn't say of what. Yeah. No, yeah. She doesn't say DEA. She's not like DEA. She mm-hmm. says drug enforcement. Well, yeah. again, we find out what this agency is in a few movies, so... <laughs> uh, the two guards, they out, outside, they uh, fight with uh, Patty and Rocky, and one of them knocks Rocky out and goes inside, and Taryn promptly kills him. Oh, yeah, murders. Yeah. Taryn is cold-blooded. She is. <laughs> she, <laughs> she always looks like she... She's a she's like surprised about how powerful yeah. her gun is though. She kind of she like has that look on her face. She's like, her eyes get real wide. She's like, she's like kind of doing it wildly. And the guy she killed was the prop master of the movie. So oh nice okay. I I I wish that you guys could see Steve's face when he just made that. I was trying to describe it. Priceless. Trying to I was trying to describe it. I know. Rocky wakes up and holds the guard grappling. Uh, with Patty at gunpoint, aiming at his groin and saying, quote, drop it, your church choir will have a new soprano, end quote. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, the boss and the remaining goon try to escape, but Taryn, before they went in there, had planted a bomb in their van, which she detonates. So sneakily. But the two people are not killed. They just, no. They're just days together, just van, and they very, are arrested. Very badly which burned. I think might be the first time we see people arrested in, this, in these movies. Oh yeah, I don't know. I I want to say there was that happened before too, but I can't remember. I couldn't tell you when. I think they just kill everybody. And Donna just or they get away. Yeah. Donna says uh, that if she catches them again, she's going to put the bomb up their butt. Yeah. And afterwards, turns like you should have said that they. You no, it's the other, other way around. Nose. Other way around. No, because right. Donna was getting on Taryn for saying that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Later well, whatever. The, yeah. Um. Yeah. It, 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 it's just, it's just funny. It's That's kind of the theme of the movie too. Is Donna being like, man, these her jokes are terrible. Yeah, like all these jokes she's trying to do. Yeah. And she's just like rolling her eyes constantly. 
That's kind of the thing. That's kind of their. That's like, kind of their dyna- dynamic. Yeah. Cut to the la- like the four of the ladies in the hot tub. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All of them. And this is the tit tracker. Yep. There the it tracker is. twenty thousand. <laughs> it's going down. No. Last time it was three thirty thousand. No. Last time it was like ten thousand or something. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, let's just go tit tracker fifty thousand. <laughs> They're all uh, over the place. What six, version are we using? Six minutes and thirty-eight seconds, which is about middle of the road for these movies. So, yeah. I mean, well, that was a, like they like bombard you with the boobies. Oh there. yeah, they're, they're, it's like uh, it's like saturation. <laughs> they're like, hey, we sorry we waited so long. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, but there's actually a lot less boobs in this movie, like overall. Than no, I, no, I, no, I don't think so. No, no. Well, yeah, because we okay. I remember I said that when we were watching vetoed. it. Well, when we were watching, I was like, "Man, there's a lot of boobs in yeah, this there's, one." Because they just all everybody's taking their tops off in this one, oh, okay. and like multiple, like several times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. like you see one person once and that's it. It's like pretty much everybody like multiple times. Yep. So mm-hmm. every Fair. pretty much every female yeah. in the whole in the movie takes their top oh, off. Oh yeah, I guess I forgot about um, uh, what's her name? Terry Weigel. The one that uh, the, the Aberdeen is Angelica. Yeah. Yeah. Aberdeen? No. Albadine? How do you say that? Abilene. We'll, we'll, Abilene. We'll get there. <sighs> the uh, Aberdeen? <laughs> the Aberdeens? <laughs> Steve forgot the Abilenes. He forgot it the other day. He was like, Abergreen? Ab- Abergine? <laughs> Abergine? Well, they, they they cycle through so many of them. This is the fifth Abilene in four movies we'll have had. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we cut to a hospital, which is... Uh, Knox Island and the Marshall Islands. Yep. Uh, Andy had randomly picked it off the globe, <laughs> and nice. it's actually an uninhabited atoll in the Pacific. So <laughs> nice. Um, well, it's uninhabited except for a bunch of sick kids for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is it like a leper colony where you get leper colony vibes? No, really. just just. I mean, you don't get a serum for lepers, so not that you know of. Maybe they have a secret one. No. Secret no. Leper serum. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure there's not a serum for leprosy. Um, there was then. They kept to the hospital on a rainy day. Maybe that's why this island's uninhabited. All these children ended up. That's what I'm saying. Dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole hospital. The serum didn't work. Never, never really go back to it. No. I mean, uh, for a second, but. But anyway, uh, we cut to the hospital. So it's torrential downpour, and these children are sick, and they need a serum to survive. They need the serum. The doctor, who is Drew Sedaris. Uh huh. Oh, Drew yeah. Sedaris. Yep. He radios Honolulu for assistance, and the signal is received by a radio operator, <laughs> who is played by somebody. I don't know. Andy Sedaris, of course. Yeah, yeah. He is a very, very, very small role in this yeah. one. Yeah, he's not a a, a lech. Yeah. <laughs> he, he like says a, one thing. He's like, it's yeah. these he's people. a quote unquote radio operator, aka he's sitting at a computer with headphones on, and he transfers a call to the uh, phone. Yeah, yeah, and he reads an, and then he reads the newspaper. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, very very busy yeah. life of Mr. Andy Sedaris. So then we cut to the newest Abilene, Shane, portrayed by Michael Shane, uh, who is making out with a girl in a pool. Oh, yeah. And that is the pool at the Sedaris homestead. He's nice. really up against it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the, the well, there's receptionist... another. She made another yeah, like, joke, too. Every line involving this man, like nearly every line involving this man is like some sort of entendre. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But... Everything he says, it's like he, it's like he's got a problem. Like he has a curse where he can only speak in, <laughs> in double Sexual entendres. Window, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shane is to make sure that the serum gets to the hospital. 
<laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Because he works for the the agency, agency yeah. which does a lot of things. Knows. They do a lot of different I, you things. Know, I, I think it's just like, like a like a just miscellaneous troubleshooting, like an ombudsman. <laughs> Like miscellaneous <laughs> troubleshooting agency for the government, the federal ombudsman agency, yeah. searching out drugs and delivering serums, just whatever, whatever <laughs> the government needs them to do. Like, like I, I mean, it makes sense. Just have just just one that's just like miscellaneous problems show up, uh-huh. you know. Uh, uh, there's way too much bureaucracy for that to ever be a thing. That's what they're trying to get around with these this agency. Yeah, oh, there you go. I see. I see. Uh, but we cut to Rocky outside her restaurant receiving a package, which I'm guessing that Cynthia Brimhall was just unavailable for this movie for one reason or another. Because um, she comes back in a couple movies. Yeah, so I don't know if she maybe got pregnant or just otherwise unavailable. But yeah, it's like this is clearly just... <laughs> Stop over Rocky. Yeah, like, <laughs> like cut, copy, paste. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Literally, there are moments where it's definitely a homemade sign. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, this and is even, the, even the outfit she wore at the beginning had been worn by Cynthia Bremont in a previous movie. Which yeah. is weird, because usually they'll just be like, oh, no, this is Edie now. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that's like how they do it with a lot of the characters. Yeah. Like, they'll like just Bruce be like, Bruce Penhall is yeah. back, yeah. and the he's not a bad, bad guy, guy this time. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. usually they'll just be like, she, maybe because, maybe they're like, well, she will be back in the next one. Okay. And they were like, well, let's just make a different character. Because if she comes back as that character again, like again, Cynthia Brimhall. never really bothered them before. That's <laughs> true. They didn't I, show the inside of the restaurant this time, though. No. They no. Didn't, no. Yeah, just maybe like, they yeah, didn't get permission. Their like, contact at the restaurant wasn't there that week. They're yeah, like, maybe. shit. Guess we're not going to do it there. We'll um, have Rockies. Well, didn't Arlene say that was uh, the restaurant was part of the hotel they stayed at there? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like yeah. Maybe their friendly contact was like uh, out of town. Yeah. Uh, so all the ladies are there. They take the call from Shane, who briefs them on the situation. Uh, the serum is retrieved from Molokai Hospital by Patty and taken to Molokai Cargo. Now, a little bit about this. The the Jeep, that red Jeep, is a stick shift. Mm-hmm. Patty Duffick could not drive a stick shift. Mm. So you they had Hope Marie Carlton ducked underneath the dashboard, <laughs> changing the gears. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's safe, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just for, for like 20 feet. Oh, okay. So, I'm like, <laughs> all that for that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, um, uh, Shane, he flies over from Honolulu to, uh, Lulu to provide supplies to Don and Taryn, who are to transport the serum to Knox Island. And this is where we get the longest string of double entendre <laughs> in the history of film. Like, it's seriously, like, it between Donna and Shane, it's seriously, like, a good, solid, like, two or three minutes of just... Back and forth and back and forth. It's like I started like writing them all down, but I'm like I can't, I can't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't keep up. Yeah, he was just too like turned on. one right after he was another. Way too turned on. He was like, all wow. about all about a gun and, too, and, and like the gun it was, it and how was all, it was loaded. And... Yeah, it was all about Shane's dick and balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She said, Donna goes, "What about the load?" He goes, uh, "I think you'll be very satisfied or something <laughs> like that." Yeah, then, and then when they like. Uh, he has a big gun for her and a crossbow for Terror, and they even say like the crossbow, you only get one shot off. Yeah. And then they say something about that. It's just like it just goes on and on, yeah. and just like, oh my god, he really went for and it. And apparently, according to Andy in the commentary, Arlene wrote that dialogue. <laughs> it's great. It is hysterical. <laughs> yes. It is seriously so funny, so. and and not even like thinly veiled. It's like all up mm. front. Yep. Oh yeah. That's great. Oh yeah. 
Uh, Shane also informs Donna that there's a storm churning around the island and that they have a very small window to land, drop off the serum or fuel, and take off. And just, you know, during a, right before they take off, Taryn mentions her grandfather, who went missing during the Second World War in the Pacific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, Keep we should mention, should mention, Taryn is an agent in this one, at yeah. this point. She, yeah. They say they, she she says literally that. says that. She's but like, at the end... Uh, no. Yeah. No. That don't for, don't worry about that. Because, in the hot tub. Yeah, in at the, the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah, she. Donna do, says yeah. that. That, yeah. you, that you. She says something about her being an agent. She's like, I know that's not what a secret agent would do. Yeah. yeah. Like she's. Yeah, that's part right. Of yeah, now. that's when they were talking about the language thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the language thing. Yep, yeah. Exactly. So she's officially an agent now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She can. She can participate in the fights. Mm. More. I guess. We'll Legitimately. <laughs> No, because the, at the end, you, you yeah. when we get there, we'll talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that I had to work that out in my head cannon. But anyway, um, so Don and Taryn they take off for their destination. Now, I had to look this up because I'm like, because they mentioned like Marshall Island. Andy mentioned like, oh, it's like some island of the Marshall Islands. I'm thinking the Marshall Islands are quite a ways away from Hawaii. Yeah, and I decided so to work it out. Knox Atoll is over 2,300 miles away from Molokai. Okay. The range of that type of airplane is about a thousand miles. Whoops. <laughs> well, you ain't supposed to look into it so, so, so hard. <laughs> I, I definitely, I wouldn't. But I'm just like that. Was just like I, I just had to like curiosity. It was like well, they do say that they're going to be in the air for ten hours. I mean, yeah, but I mean that that the range Which, of that plane is a thousand miles. When that movie came out in 1989, we didn't have Google. Okay, <laughs> nobody knew that. that shit out. Yeah, nobody knew that. Cut to Bruce, played by Bruce Benhall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That must always be so simple. It's like when the character just like your name. It's like, ah, yeah, good. Uh, he's getting on a motorcycle and he drives off. And this part was filmed in San Diego. San Cause, cause, Diego. Because you see like even like when he's like driving on that big highway bridge, you see like the naval base. You see some like uh, destroyers or something in the background. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I did wonder. Yeah. Uh, cut to Captain Andreas, portrayed by... John Aprea and Martinez, portrayed by Rodrigo Obregón, arguing at a computer center. And Rodrigo, apparently, he dyed his hair black and wore dark contact lenses for the role. Why? To disguise himself? So that you could tell, obviously, that it wasn't <laughs> the same character. I'm being facetious. <laughs> but also... The did computer- he have to do that, or he just was like, did that? No, he volunteered to do that. <laughs> um, Why? The computer yeah. center is also the same computer center from several movies previous. It's the place where the guy had the the printouts that he was reading, um, and then it was also two movies ago, I think, or no, one movie ago. Maybe it was Malibu Express, but it was definitely they used this computer center before. I don't remember because I know that they're at a place later that was used in Malibu Express specifically, but uh, yeah, um, I think the computer center has been used before. Yeah, I don't remember offhand. Andreas has retasked a satellite for 40 hours to satisfy Martinez's request. And he specifically mentions the Star Wars program. I know. I heard. So, and, and so if you want to know more about that, please listen to the upcoming episode 45 of We Effed Up, where we discuss the Strategic Defense Initiative, also known as the Star Wars program. Listen to it on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Yeah, that the captain is like, we. I had to, I had to take a satellite away from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goofy. I remember. 
Well, I mean, it was topical. I thought it, it was, was topical at the time. I thought he was talking about the the movie, but no. Did you really? I didn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, you will when the next episode of We Have to Up comes out in two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that that's timely because we just talked about it. So because we literally recorded that episode last week, uh, we cut to two army guys who are getting to an army. I didn't know the army had Oldsmobile 88s in their fleet. Yes, it's a, and it says U.S. Army. <laughs> yeah, it's stencil like, letters. It's great. Yeah, it it's like, only for like the upper brass, you know. It's the nice car. Yeah, this is for a lieutenant. So. Yeah. Uh, then Bruce speeds up and shoots the lieutenant in the back seat. Uh, he and the other army guy load up the lieutenant into a van, and Bruce puts on his uniform, takes the satellite data, and heads off to meet Martinez and Andreas. Let's make it clear, though. He doesn't kill him. It's a it's a blow dart. Yeah, they very specifically show the little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, a dart. Yeah. Because yeah. Bruce is a good guy. Well, is he? We'll find out. He's we a good guy. cut to the heroes who are discussing weather problems of the destination. Uh, so they're just, there's a big storm. Yep, yeah, big storm. Big storm coming. Big storm. We cut back to the computer center where Bruce arrives and gives the data to Andreas. The object of their search is Filipino gold. Stolen from the Philippines by Japan during the Second World War. Which they will find on a disc that they used a satellite to find. Yeah. Well, it, the the data was like, list of all known Japanese wrecks during yeah. the war or sinkings. And, but the way that they uh, they handled that disc, there's no way at all that uh, that's going to be readable. That shit's going to be corrupted immediately. Yeah, it was on a floppy disc, which kids... Not, no, it, was a, it wasn't a regular floppy. It was a five and a half inch floppy. Hmm. Those are even more delicate yeah. because they don't have hard plastic cases. Kids, a floppy disk <laughs> is something is a data storage thing that uh, information was put onto in computers back in the day. It spins. Mm-hmm. It's it kind of like inside. it's like an encased CD, kind except, of, but with except like thinner. Tape. Yeah, yeah, it's with, like thinner, but made of tape, made of like cassette tape. Material. If you look at the little yeah. save icon in your Word document, that is a floppy disk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's true. I don't it holds that... it, it's a holdover. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, man, that like oof. That, uh, that dates this movie. Oof, more than anything else. Uh the boat carrying the gold was lost at sea in a storm. Uh the computer expert they have, they he limits the search field and copies of the data onto the floppy disk, which he hands to Andreas. He also surreptitiously makes a copy for himself secret copies yeah. i like how he like explains every detail of what it's doing too yes <laughs> <laughs> and also like the day that comes up i'm like that's too regular of a pattern for it to be like sinkings in the pacific it's like it was like all in like straight lines I'm like that no <laughs> it's approximations yeah God, Cody suspended. Cut to <laughs> two Japanese agents who are taking the last testament of a dying Japanese admiral who is in charge of relocating the gold. We flash back to the 1943 during the war when he is loading the gold onto the boat—a very small boat, mind you. Tiny boat. Yes, Baby, which well, apparently got to be covert. So. Apparently, they uh, ain't it early. They mentioned they had tried to get a bigger boat. But like it was wasn't available, so they purposely tried to like angle the shots to where you didn't see the whole boat, mm. so you wouldn't exactly know how big it is. But then later on, it's like you see like as it goes by, it's like oh yeah, you see how large it is, Whoops. small. So that's fine. But the gold is loaded on board along with three Japanese crewmen, two chickens, and a pig. <laughs> 
Well, the chickens come back later, so. Indeed. Yep. Uh, the Admiral tells the agents the boat was lost in a storm on its way to its destination. Cut to Donna and Taryn, who are struggling to manage in the storm, but they successfully land next to the hospital. They hand off the serum, refuel, and take off back towards Molokai. Very quickly. Very quickly. All right. They have a limited window during the storm. It's raining. It's raining super hard. Mm-hmm. We cut to a desert highway, which kind of lends to the fact that like this part of the computer center was set in San Diego um, instead of Hawaii. So, mm-hmm. uh, Where Martinez meets with the, the computer guy. And this is the same area of highway that was used in Malibu Express and Picasso Trigger. Okay. So this is like the Sedaris' preferred explodey section of highway. <laughs> explodey <laughs> highway. Yeah. You're probably dead out there, so. Yeah. Well, somebody's dead out there. Martinez provides him with a passport, identity cards, and enough money to, quote, live in style for 100 years, end quote. Dang. For 100 years. Got the computer guy, he gives Martinez the floppy disk. Martinez says, have a blast, and walks away. <laughs> when the computer guy opens the briefcase, it explodes, utterly disintegrating him. <laughs> yes, He's like, was, this, this, was, this was overkill. It was a hell of a, hell mm-hmm. of a blow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he says, what does Rodrigo Obregón say? Martinez? I don't, I don't remember. He says, don't spend it all in one piece. <laughs> See? He had it written down. I didn't write it down. I, I have, even it. had a maniacal laugh at the end there. I remembered it. Yeah. Cut to Donna and Taryn, who are flying back through the storm. Uh, they put the plane on autopilot while they change out of their wet clothes. Again, boobs yeah. again. And we see uh, a dearly departed member of the Sedaris film family, uh, yeah. the model airplane that uh-huh. we recently learned. All, yeah, has recently learned his been damaged, been damaged very bad, little, badly. Yeah, it's a little teaser for uh, an upcoming thing here. We'll we'll say here. Also, the, well, the first time I watched this, yeah. no idea that was a model. Yeah, me neither. I had oh, yeah. no clue. Uh, I, it's a good model. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really oh yeah, good. it's very very well done and detailed stuff. And it's quite big. It's gigantic. Yeah. Apparently, it's very, very big. Yeah. Well, you can see it in one of the in one of the movies. Mm-hmm. It's on yeah. the ceiling. Cut to Martinez in a hotel room with Angelica, played by Terry Weigel, where they their conversation reveals they are revolutionaries, <laughs> looking to finance their struggle. Because earlier Martinez <laughs> said he said he was some just official with the Philippine government. So, but no, he's a he's a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I love that this movie both tackles World War II and communism. <laughs> yes, and communist insurgents. Yeah, yep. Andy Sedaris is like, you know what? The other movies have been piddly. That, that's that's yeah. not big enough. Let's tackle two major worldwide movements. Yes. <laughs> World War II and, and communism. Go. Yep, knock them both down. And then Martinez and Angelica have sex. Yes, and there's more boobs. And there's some tongue. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were going at it. Yeah. They, I'm like, whoa, hello. <laughs> yeah. There was like a weird positions they were in and stuff. Yeah. I was like, how they, do you, like, what, do you do, what is happening? Yeah. There's one part, like, there's definitely, like, you see, like, like Rodrigo's, like, tongue come out and, yeah. like, yeah. And, and see what's what's the noise they make. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's, that's for the listeners. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. That's disgusting. <laughs> Terry Weigel also later on was a uh, porn actress. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think Rodrigo. No, no. Uh, she she was the one that was fully naked, right, in that scene? Well, I mean, I don't. Die I, Spear I don't. and uh, Hope Marie is well, fully well, naked in the ocean. Yeah, later. that's true. Um, 
Cut to Don and Taryn as their plane is struck by lightning. They are lost, and they'll have to land or ditch their plane soon. That was but terrifying. That was a terrifying works. scene. Yeah. They, all their electronics are out. They're all tim- or their artificial horizon yeah. works, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that worked. They just don't know where they're going. The agents who took the Admiral's testimony are at their hotel, prepping for their upcoming meeting to provide the testimony to the search team. And there's, like, this screen in the background... It's like in this hotel room, and they mention the commentary that this little that this screen is in like every movie. Really? Yeah, and they actually like it's the one that um was it Cody? No, Cody was the Malibu Express. Uh, what if ever Abilene was in Hard Ticket? Murray hits the guy with the bazooka, and when he rescues Edie, and the guy like flies through the screen. Oh, okay. It's that same screen. It's even like burned on the bottom. Because wow. from from that, oh wow, yeah. So you don't see the bottom of it, but like say like it shows up in like every movie. So I'm like yeah, that's nice. Well, it's easy to re re uh, reuse props. paper or yeah. whatever. Uh, two room service people enter and subdue these agents after a struggle. One of whom is a if you know if you know eighties movies, you know this man or eighties action movies anyway. How long? How long? Yep. Man, it's good to see him in a speaking role. <laughs> yeah, this is like the it's like the most lines I've ever seen yeah. him in a movie. Oh, yeah. and this is one of the best fight scenes out of all of the movies. Well, they're all they're all Aikido guys. Yeah, they're whooping each yep. other's asses. Yep. Whoop. Nice. Uh, and how long was a last minute replacement? R- really? Yeah. Oh. It's like basically the guy they got cast. He couldn't do it. And he's like, all right, let me let me call a friend of mine. He'll, he'll come and do it. And they and. Andy and Arlene, like, they'd seen Outlong and Die Hard and, like, The Weapon. Sure, yeah. And when he showed up, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I bet he didn't cost yeah, much it, either. It, so. If you don't know the name of who we're talking about, like, it definitely has a distinctive look. Very distinct. Kind of like long hair, but kind of balding on top. Very long mustache. Mm-hmm, goatee. Like goatee, yeah. Well, he's um, more like a soul patch. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Die Hard, uh, Lethal Weapon. He's the guy who tortures Mel Gibson, Mr. Indo. Yeah, he's an Asian guy, and he's, yeah. yeah, he's he's kind of smaller, but he's like really, yeah. really wiry. He's got long hair, but he's bald on top. That's what, yeah, that's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, uh, last action hero. Yep, he's in all kinds of stuff, dude. He's the guy that uh, <laughs> he has. It's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. It's like where Arnold hit, shoots the guy. The guy falls into the ice cream truck. Ice cream truck explodes, and how long is the guy killed by the by yeah. the careening ice cream cone to the back of the head? Yeah, yeah. To what Arnold says. Ice that guy. Code of phrase. <laughs> Love it. It's great. God. Jesus. So. He's a, and he's in big trouble little China, too. I was just mm-hmm. about to say mm-hmm. that. Way to steal my thunder. Jeez. Sorry. He was also in the Scorpion King. You didn't mention that one, so. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why, compared to all those other ones. Uh, anyway, the agents are killed, and the two men assume their identities. Cut to Don and Taryn, who land their plane on a seemingly... Uninhabited island. Ooh, that's why they get buck naked to get in the ocean. We're not quite there yet. (laughs) I'm just saying. It it does happen, though. It does. Cut to Pearl Harbor, where the fake agents infiltrate and meet with the search team, handing over the floppy disk with the data acquired from the Japanese admiral. Martinez gives them a Buddha statue as a reward, and they leave. And that room should look familiar, because that was in Malibu Express. It's the editing room at Playboy. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. Calling in another favor for oh, old yeah. Hef. Uh, the Admiral's data is collated with the initial satellite data, and the location of the gold is ascertained with 95% degree of certainty. 
to which Captain Andrea says, quote, they sure picked one hell of a savage beach to crash on, end quote. <laughs> they did. They did, though. I mean, they yeah, did. It is a very savage beach. <laughs> I don't think that you would pick it, but all right. It's savage. Cut to the fake agents who were secretly given a floppy disk of their own. A lot of floppy disks in this movie. They're just <laughs> flopping all over the place. <laughs> just real floppy. Which is funny, own... knowing that Andy hated computers so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. He's like, let's let's make all of this stuff floppy disks. Yeah. Uh, but given a floppy disk of their own by Martinez with the satellite data, which they also used to obtain location of the gold. Cut to Don and Taryn, who begin to explore the island. Well, they have to. They're 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 not exploring in as much as they are trying to survive. They they're digging in. Hut. They don't. Yeah. They build a hut. Yeah. They have a survival kit. Unbeknownst to them, but known to us, they are being watched. The search party meet in an abandoned hangar to discuss their flight preparations, and that uh, was actually filmed at Lake Havasu in Arizona. I saw that in the in the credits. Yeah. There was a thank you. Uh, the they originally had ordered an ultralight for Molokai to film stuff, but it didn't go to Molokai. It went to Honolulu. Whoops! And it came in pieces. Whoopsies! So it was like they're like kind of like scrambling last minute, to, and then like they knew a person like Havasu, like hey, you know, got this. You know, we can do this. So every time you see that plane with the propeller on the top, mm-hmm. Lake Havasu. Oh, cool! Including like you know the beach scenes, the landing in the lake or the landing in the water. Anybody like Hapsu. Oh, okay. So that's in the lake. Yep. Uh, Martinez leaves and begins making out or having sex with Angelica in the car. In the backseat of the car. Oh, yeah, man. and that was, was like that driver. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, God, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, but he but he has but, that but like, he look on his like, face. Yeah. He's like, oh right, yeah. 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 And, they, the job. and they drive past the movie theater, and I had to look and see what the movie was. Is Major League. With uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. yeah, I was like, all right, all right, there we go, that's good. Cut to Don and Taryn on the island where they set up camp on a beach, and then they strip and swim. This is and it. I think this is the full first time. I don't know if this is the last time, but one of the few times in this series, full frontal. Yeah, all nudie. Yeah, I was like, whoa, I t- totally forgot that. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of in shadow, so I think yeah. maybe it was like maybe that was kind of the justification. The sun was going down. Yeah, yeah. Like, like in the ocean. Too. it's like yeah. it's like maybe the waves were just like not cooperating maybe yeah. yeah which is weird because they definitely had their bathing suits yeah they just wanted to be naked yeah sometimes you just want to be naked with your best friend you know yeah in the ocean me and cody do it all the time and, you're de- de- and, they, and they definitely reveal under their normal tan you know garb they don't wear underwear uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all no no, no. <laughs> nope. i mean when you're with your best friend in the ocean you don't you, wear underwear yeah you free ball yeah just let it out yep let it dangle. <laughs> Cut to Rocky and Patty, who get a call from Shane to meet. He tells them that Donna and Taryn are missing. They haven't called. Yep. They're overdue. Uh, cut to Donna and Taryn, who are getting food from the jungle. Uh, I think they get a coconut, and I think Donna has something else in her tan. I, can't, I couldn't tell what it is, some other type of melon or something. I don't know. Papaya, I think it was. Maybe. It was a papaya, yeah. Oh, okay. Papaya, and then Taryn's got the... Coconut. Which, 100% not going to open a coconut with a Swiss Army knife. No. No way. No. Nope. You need, like, a sledgehammer. A machete. Hammer. Yep. Yeah. After frolicking in the ocean, Donna sees footprints that aren't theirs. They are not alone. Oh. Whoa. Savage. A short time later, Donna sends Taryn to the plane to get a... Blanket because she has a chill. <laughs> She's old, all right? She's an old lady. <laughs> she just does that to get her out of the way. 
Uh, after she leaves, Donna heads into the jungle to investigate. Taryn is attacked by the mysterious stranger, but Donna shoots a, fair, a flare gun and scares him off. They did, then retrieve their heavy weaponry from the plane. The big gun with yeah. one one shot. And then they big load. Then they have like a predator moment where they just unload all their ammo in the <laughs> in that like one patch of grass. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they put on the face paint. Yeah, which is wiped what? off immediately afterwards. Uh, when they investigate, they find that they just killed a chicken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chicken, uh, the, like what, like a, a descendant of the chickens we saw earlier. Had to have been. Had to have been right. It was a had rooster, been, yeah, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that was a real rooster. That it was. Oh man. Because they they went to the butcher shop and got a real rooster leg and a real rooster head. Yeah. Oh wow. Donna okay. looks pretty grossed out. Yep. But the they you do see him like a. Uh, cooking a chicken over a fire that's just from the hotel they were staying in (laughs) (laughs) of course it was yeah (laughs) so much easier than dressing a whole chicken yeah 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 uh they then load up and camo their faces yeah like uh, just their faces and it doesn't stay on long (laughs) no no No. it immediately comes off and like they they are caking it on and then when they start to walk away it's like barely on there (laughs) yeah yeah that that part didn't that it looked weird. like it was probably costume and they're also wearing white tank tops yeah Yeah. that's the other thing so yeah they're both super blonde. Their uh, hair's not covered. Yeah. So. Donna walks into a trap, and the stranger is revealed to be the aged commander of the lost boat from World War II. Yep. Oh, yeah. Heavy old age makeup. Oh, he looks like a uh, zombie. Roma- Romero freaking zombie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I said. I was like, yeah. he looks like a Romero zombie. Uh, he's about to strike, but looks into Taryn's eyes and runs off. Because she's got those big baby blues. Uh, he goes to his camp and looks at an old photo of a U.S. sailor with similar eyes. They're just both blue. That's literally blue where yeah. the similarities well, yeah. end. Well, they're but, white people, too. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to take a little side note, because we do, we do typically say, like, Andy, like, he's like law and order. He ripped from the headlines type uh-huh. of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, got communist insurgents in the Philippines, you know. Uh, Malibu Express was, like, Russians stealing computer stuff. All I mean, drugs are, like... You know, throughout these movies, sure. like enforcement. So after World War II, for several decades, there were numerous Japanese holdouts throughout the Pacific. Just like groups of them who were just, you know, trying to fight on or others who were just like, I never received orders to disengage. So uh, I'm going to keep going. I've actually seen movies about that. So, too. Yeah. yeah, there were a few. Uh, the last one, the last confirmed holdout was Turu Nakamura who surrendered in Indonesia in December 1974. Wow. 29 years after the war had ended. Holy crap. It's like, nobody told me. Yeah. Yeah. And there, wow. Uh, periodic searches were made in the years after for rumored holdouts, but the last serious search took place in 2005. Jeez, okay. Yeah. Because there were still, like, even after the last one, there were still rumors of holdouts and like guam like one of them in the 70s one was found in 1972 in guam wow which is a u.s territory so yeah um yeah but the 1974 was like the last two confirmed to be found uh one of them was named uh hiru onaka and there was like this big he was found in the philippines there was this big to do about like him like they brought his former commander from japan who had been like a furniture salesman since the war and basically like gave him the correct orders to to disarm and sort of he he presented his sword to the president of the philippines wow he went home and went home to japan i think he he only died like past 20 years i think um but the last one uh turo nakamura he was actually from taiwan because 
between 1905 and 1945, Japan controlled Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And there, the the native people of Taiwan are called the Amos, and he was an Amos mm-hmm. um, native. So, like, when he was found, he's like, well, I don't want to go to Japan. I never lived there. I would go to Taiwan. And it's kind of sad because, like, when he got there, Taiwan now controlled by Republic of China, mm-hmm. who saw him as, like, this ultra-Japanese loyalist. And they had, of course, suffered at the hands of the Japanese. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, kind of gave him a cold shoulder. And he wasn't el- eligible for, like, the... Japanese army pension or whatever. Oh, wow. Because, of course, like, you know, it would have still accrued for these guys. Sure. So, he didn't get, he basically got nothing. Wow. Until, like, there's big public outcry and the Taiwanese government was like, okay, well, we'll raise some money for him. Uh, but he, he just died, like, he died a few years later of, like, lung cancer. Oh, it's just kind of sad, really. Um, where, mm-hmm. especially, like, this other guy, Anaka, he was, like, celebrated in Japan. Wow. But mostly because... He was also actually Japanese. Yeah. Wow. So, Dang. Yeah, so, and there were several, you can certainly look up, like, several of these guys who just held out for decades and decades. That's crazy. Some sense of honor or yeah. what, or what have you. No, or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some, a lot of them knew, but, yeah, it just, yeah, but, like, you know, that's another instance of Andy just taking, like, oh, well, you know, this happened recently. I'll put this in the movie. So. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, look into that. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, so back to the movie. Um, a plane comes in and lands. Martinez, Bruce, and Andreas disembark and begin searching for the gold. Uh, Andreas comes across Donna and Taryn. He takes them hostage and they are tied up. Tied up. In very weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, I think they had found like the weirdest trees they could <laughs> yeah. find. And they're like, you're just kind of tied like, to this. Taryn's like, like kind of tied up like this. But then Donna's like tied up like in a sitting position. But yeah. her feet are also tied up. To the, it's like, yeah. It's what? like, what is happening? Yeah. It was in the script. <laughs> I think it's just they found weird. They, yeah. It was well, like, they, these trees are the only trees here. Let's just use But these. they also needed them to do, be able to yeah, do certain sure. things. Yeah. Uh, Angelica, she arrives on a boat with a whole squad of goons. Including? How long? That's right. And, <laughs> and the driver from earlier who saw her and Rodrigo making out. Well, yeah. yeah. Of course, he's there. Uh, Martinez finds the gold and they dig it up, observed by the old warrior. With with a whole bunch of uh, like metal detector things that make fake noises. Yeah. It's great. I was like, boop, it's like, boop. yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, the warrior, he frees Don and Taryn from their weird situation. <laughs> situation. Uh, and, but then Andreas, Bruce, and Martinez open the case and see the gold. And this is where we get the quote. It's the title of this episode. When Bruce says, talk about your golden oldies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So great. And he's very sunburned in that scene. Like yeah. He's very red. Like, whew, you... Uh, He's Didn't Irish put any block on. <laughs> yeah, he's Irish or something. Yeah, he's he wasn't supposed to well, be. He should he should have known. <laughs> You're like SPF nine thousand, bud. We got blonde hair, blue eyes. Dude. Yep. You, you are or Scandinavian or something. You're not supposed <laughs> to be in sun yeah. like that. Yep. Angelica, she then approaches the search party with her goons, and Martinez is revealed to the other two to have been playing them all along. Thank oh, you, no. man. Yep. Double agent. But. Double cross. But. But as Angelica kisses Martinez, one of the goons shoots her. Boom. Yeah, it's like slow-mo, just like. Oh, she gets like the slow-mo, like. Yeah, and then she turns around and then another one shoots her like right in the, right in the, shoots like in the boob? No, it was in the stomach. It wasn't? Okay. 
And that blood when it came out, it looked a little purple. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's, I was like, eh. maybe she's doing some weird drug or something. Who knows? She's an alien. <laughs> Too much iron. Uh, the goons, they're just like, we're, we're freelancers, so fuck, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, give me those golds. They're just stupid commies, <laughs> so fuck them. Yeah. No, don't people know communism is dead. They lost. You lost. You not, lost. Not to them. Yeah. I'm making a secret communist holdout with this gold. Yep. The good of the party. That's all we care about. That's yeah. She was very like. She was very like all about the party. Militant. Yeah. She I, only I, I think just pleasure. talking about the party probably just made her wet. Uh, that's why she always kept <laughs> trying to attack uh, Oberon. <laughs> yeah. Oberon. Rodrigo Obregon. Obregon. Yeah. Obregon. Uh, yeah. He. She says multiple times that the only thing that gives her pleasure is the the good of the party. <laughs> it's like what the hell. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Weird. I don't, She's I, don't, like, I don't know if Karl Marx had that in mind when he wrote the manifesto. Oh, he would have had it in mind <laughs> if he had seen her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Rodrigo Obregon cares as much about the party as she does. No, no he was with the gold. He won the gold, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, the old warrior then throws a machete, killing uh, one of the yes, goons. From like 200 yards. <laughs> yeah. 200 yards. It's like two football fields. Yeah. He's like... like he, and it just like flies through perfect. the air. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Love it. Yeah, uh, and everybody scatters. Uh, Don and Taryn they set up a trap and trip up Bruce and Andreas, and they decide to work together for now and split up. Uh, Al Long and two other goons come across Bruce and Andreas and beat them up. Uh, one is killed by Donna when she approaches, and Al Long and the other goon run off. Is that the where we get the good the good line? Is that where the 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 good line is? By by Along, and the other the other goon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. where they say. They throw down their weapons like and they go. Let's finish. I want to finish these guys off with my hands. He's like, let's finish <laughs> oh, yeah. these guys off with our hands, yeah. and then Along says, "Good, I need the practice." Yeah. <laughs> I hope that I hope that Arlene also wrote that down. <laughs> She's uh, like, "This is a great, <laughs> this is a great opportunity." Uh, Taryn, Taryn, and Bruce, they like. Do that old like classic like uh like running into each other like while walking backwards like and the turn around like oh it's you that yeah. type of th- that old god very old cliche yeah it's like and it a... seems like they're like oh, you know you know kind of little something something going on there and then all of a sudden the, like the katana from the old word just comes down between them like no yeah you two cannot be together and then he just <laughs> runs off he doesn't say anything he just looks at him it's just like. It was weird, but okay. He's crazy. He's been out there for 500 years, years or whatever. Yeah. yeah, 40 years. By himself with chickens. Yeah, he's Not entirely by himself the whole time. Mostly by chicken, with yeah. chickens. <laughs> hey, maybe a pig. Uh, but Martinez makes it back to the gold and kills a goon. Uh, Taryn chases Martinez and shoots her exploding crossbow, crossbow bolt. <laughs> That's hard to say. Crossbow bolt. Taryn chases Martinez and shoots her exploding crossbow bolt. At a nearby tree, stunning Martinez. He then gets into a dinghy to head to Angelica's boat and inadvertently knocks over a gas can. It says gas real big on the side yes, of it. Yes, while shooting at Taryn. So you, so you knew. You knew yep. what it was. Uh, Taryn loads up another crossbow bolt and shoots the dinghy, blowing it up and killing Martinez, which it's really funny. Like when she shoots it, he like, he like does a double take, like, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, tries to get up to like shoot her. Yeah, and then it's the same thing. Instead of trying to jump out of the boat, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing he did when Donna shot the 
the motorcycle last movie. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. looks at it like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is ex- exactly the same. I wonder if yeah. they did that on purpose. I don't yeah. know. Because he kind of like, yeah, he looked like looks up over it and then he like looked down and then he starts shooting again. Then it blew up on yeah. him. I think it's funny, too. I think I'm pretty sure Shane tells them earlier that there's only one exploding crossbow bolt. I, I, think I think he you said like they only fire one at a time. Oh. Yeah, kind of like a it, it's like a one shot and done yeah, it's thing, like a because, golden gun. Yeah, because it explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but Outlong sneaks up and holds Terran at gunpoint, forcing everyone to drop their weapons. But then the old warrior shows up and tries like a katana charge at Outlong, but then he's shot, but mm-hmm. not before stabbing Outlong, killing him. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's good death. Because you can see, like, he's, like, he gets stabbed. He's, like, mm-hmm. like the facial little... expressions were, like, very, just, like, oh, and then oh, when he oh. And then when he falls back, it, like, they had a really cool shot of the, the coming sword out. coming out, out of him. Yeah, that's, that's yeah that good. was kind of cool. Yeah. But now, the old warrior, he's dying. Terran's kind of cradling his head in his arms. Exposition time. <laughs> yes, and he, get, he begins to reveal what had happened on the island and he reveals that three Americans had washed up on shore after their plane crashed and that the Japanese soldiers had killed them viciously murdered them and one of them was the man from the photo from earlier who it's heavily implied is Terran's grandfather mm-hmm. 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 and now it's funny about the scene he's saying all of this is this in Japanese and Captain Andreas is translating so that actor did not know Japanese like he like he didn't know how to speak it like he knew like some like a little bit, but not fluent. Fluent. So what did Andy took the dialogue he wrote, had somebody translate it into Japanese for him, and then uh, the actor like kind of recorded himself, just like kind of like saying these things. And then he's where if you see he's wearing an earpiece because like he's kind of shot like where he can't see his right ear. He's wearing an earpiece, and basically he's just mimicking the sounds. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah. One of the Japanese soldiers committed harakiri, which is the ritualistic suicide by disemboweling, while the other committed suicide by ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because they killed these... They, he kind of explains that earlier that it was against their their code, their honor to kill people that were defenseless, mm. and these Americans were defenseless. They didn't have any weapons; they just killed them because they were like kind of in a frenzy. They mm. said they and were then, scared. Yeah, they were scared. They, they didn't they know did what was going to happen, and but these guys had no weapons on them at all. And when they found that out, they kind of like it kind of like broke uh, broke them, and that's why the, yeah. they started killing themselves. Yeah, that's yeah, that was why. After relaying the story. The old warrior dies in Terran's arms. And she's crying. Yeah. She, she gives cries. him a kiss. Yep. Yeah, and, they, and as Andy or Arlene, like, I think it was Andy, like, specifically said, like, during that scene, like, Hope Marie Carlton was very specific, like, don't be say anything, just let me get to where I need to be for this. So, just don't talk to me, just, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Don and Terran, they take the search party's plane and head back for Molokai uh, while Andrea says he'll just catch a navy ship back to his base which makes me think like is he was he ordered to do this is because you kind of get the impression that like maybe he's like kind of using his navy pull to like get the satellite thing done and you know a couple other things but the also but he's kind of like doing it for himself mm-hmm 
Yeah, I was I was a little I was unclear on his character, honestly. Yeah. Well, so. he also says that he needs a ride back because he doesn't know how to sail. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, about to, I'm about to mention that, but because he's there with Bruce, and Bruce reveals he's a CIA agent. <gasps> the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> which makes it which makes it obvious, like oh. That's why he didn't kill that guy mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, and he reveals he had canceled the Navy ship that uh, Andreas had ordered. And he has a submarine coming to uh, look for the gold. And Andreas gets all, I'm like, I don't know why he gets indignant about like being in a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I ain't going in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then that's when they, they're like, well, let's get the boat. Let's ride the boat back to Hawaii. And then at the end of the movie, Bruce mentions that the submarine only found some of the gold. And Taryn reveals that she had, uh, was it taken? Did she actually say she took the rest or? Yeah, she was like, well, I found it. It was in in international waters, so I had a right to it. I don't think she took it. I think she just said she knows where it is. No, she said I found it. Oh. And it was my right to take it because it was... It, finders keepers basically yeah <laughs> because it was like there was some she had some kind of like loophole about it like it was like it was oh, well, it was because waters. it wasn't it was, it was yeah international waters and you know that was well, if you find something you get you can keep it like that kind of thing and she, and, and this is where she says like well i'm still a civilian i don't some, think she says i that. think she i don't remember that she does i don't think so yeah we'll have to rewatch that part that's when they're at, like, they're outside of Rockies. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah they're just like sitting on the patio. And there's I guess. That, like that hand painted sign in the yeah, background yeah. that says Rockies. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the movie. That's it. And then, then well, they all pair off with each other, of, of course. course. Yeah. That one, Although Captain Dre's gets two. <laughs> that's right, he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> so, but yeah, that is. Savage Beach. Savage Beach. Whew. It was Savage. It's a lot of talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does say, I'm still a civilian, remember? What but, the fuck? But yeah, she said she's an movie, agent earlier. Yeah, in the movie, she's. She yeah. said she's an agent in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I know, that's. Yeah, it's like. I'm just, yeah, I said, I'm just like. My thing was like. Because I'd forgotten that she had said that earlier in the movie, but I'm still thinking, like, first of all, she's still one at this point. But yeah, it's like, it's just. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't even con- remember. A little slip that. of the continuity. But like, I worked it out in my head canon. Like, because this, you know, spoiler alert, this is Hope Marie Carlton's last film in this series. So we won't see Taryn again. Mm. Sad. But in my head canon, I was like, okay, maybe she was on like a prob- probationary trial period with this miscellaneous troubleshooting agency, mm-hmm. the MTA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And that they declined to hire her on full time because she kept using all these loopholes to get rich, to, to get like the diamonds and hard ticket and the gold in this movie. And when there's something at the end of Picasso Trigger too, the painting, the painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she's just like using these loopholes, like well, I'm still a civilian <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to, and, and they're just like. We've decided not to hire you because you clearly are like stealing one of these people who just like will try to find every loophole to, to for to advantage yourself. So we we are not hiring you. 
Yeah, after uh, after Taryn tells that stupid joke about shoving the bum up that guy's ass, uh, Donna says, Nose, Taryn, you should have said nose. And she goes, I know, Donna. That was inappropriate for a federal agent. It won't happen again. See? So Again, another reference to her being a federal agent. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Andy. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, uh, there you go. That's how I'm working out that she 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 wasn't in any of the movies. Just they didn't hire her on. I don't know, man. I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah. Uh so that is Savage Beach. Now we got our Sedaris metrics mm-hmm. that we always do for these movies. Okay, so Savage Beach. I have the. Tit Tracker, I don't know, what is it, 50,000? <laughs> it's upgraded to 60,000. Six minutes and 38 seconds, which is about middle of the road. Mm-hmm. It's uh, fourth longest or or third longest, fourth shortest, however you want to put it. But say, yeah, it, it's middle of the road. So, Andy. Or. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah. You have the honor of. The Andy Sedaris sightings. And there was the only the one, very mm-hmm. brief. He's a radio operator. Yep. Talking, yeah. talking to his son. Yeah. What's that? Talking to his son. Oh, yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. This is interesting. I actually had a count, like, uh, well, I just had curiosity. I counted, like, how many of the films each of them were in. Mm-hmm. And he's in nine. His son is in ten. Hmm. His son yeah. is in more than he is. So, oh, hmm. I was like, found that interesting. So, and then, Teresa, you have the kill count. Uh, yep, we have uh, 14. Uh, Taryn shooting the bad guy at the warehouse who's protecting the cocaine pineapples. We have the double-crossing computer agent guy with the briefcase. Have a blast. Angelica by the one of the thugs. She gets shot. Uh, another thug via the flying machete. I called him the strong thug with a black tank top by Donna. The small Asian thug by Rodrigo Oregon or Martinez in the movie. Uh, Rodrigo gets blown up on, <laughs> I call that on the blow up boat cause it <laughs> blew up, but it was also a blow up boat. <laughs> uh, Al Long with the samurai sword, uh, the three, I counted the three crash survivors in the flashback on the beach, including Taryn's grandpa, the Japanese crew member who committed Harakiri, the Japanese crew member who walked into the ocean. And then the last Japanese crew member, I called him the feral dude who dies at the end pro- mm. after having protected Taryn yeah. and Donna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 14. So, 14. I have the sex count. <laughs> sex. <laughs> uh, two. And they're both the same pair of people. It's Rodrigo and um, uh, Terry Weigel, or Martinez and Angelica in the movie. Uh, they, they have sex. Uh, they have sex in their hotel room when we first meet Angelica, and they have sex in the back seat of that car. Yes, they the do. The driver's like, uh-huh. Which oh, is yeah. hilarious, because Shane and Donna exchange so much yeah. innuendo, but they don't end up having sex. No sex. Yeah, I think this just... might be the first movie that neither Donna nor Taryn has sex with somebody. Yeah, it's the only, yeah, it's... There's just no room for it in this yeah. one. There's <laughs> no too much room. story. Yeah. There's too much story. Which, again, that's two, that's, you know, the... You know, tied for the least with uh, Picasso. Well, Picasso Trigger and Hard Ticket both were two. Dang. Wow. So, all right. Steve, you have the 
Explosion meter. Explosions. I had four in the movie. The white van at the beginning when the Terran puts the bomb in there. She blows him up with a... She's like, oh, you thought you were going to get away with it and blows him up. And then um, the briefcase bomb, which is my favorite, um, because the guy... It's just like such a big explosion yeah. it didn't need to be that big <laughs> to kill the guy but it's, it, it, it's there one moment him. he's not the next yep. it's overkill the crossbow bomb on the tree stuns martinez's uh and then the crossbow bomb for the motorboat that blows and the blow up. up boat hmm? and the blow up boat yep. sure yeah <laughs> so only four explosions and Teresa, you have the sedaris players so we have the the regular players Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, Rodrigo Obregon, pretty much all of your your regular players. Uh, Patty Duffick is also in this one, but I picked two. Uh, John Aprea was also in um, Picasso Trigger. He played Salazar, one of the bad guys. Um, good guy in this one, bad guy in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Which is something, something Sedaris tends to do a lot. Yeah. yeah, introduce him as a bad guy, then make him a good guy. Yep. Um, like our other Sedaris player for this movie, which is Bruce Penn Hall. He plays Bruce Christian in this movie. Also was a bad guy in Picasso Trigger. Now he's a good guy in the rest of... He's going to be uh, Bruce Christian for several more movies. So, um, And he's going to be a good guy. But in the in the later movies, he's just going to be wearing a leather vest. Oh, yeah. Rather all than the a time. shirt. Yeah. That's just for a long it. time. Yeah. Leather vest. And that becomes like a thing. Mm-hmm. Like a trope. So, uh, yep, that's it. Yeah. Now, I think how long... The- Shows up back in, too, at some point. He might, yeah. Yeah. So I have Playboy Playmates and Penthouse Pets. I have to say it very focused, otherwise I'm going to trip <laughs> up on it. So there's five in this movie. Donna Spear, March 1984. Patty Duffick, May 1984. Hope Marie Carlton, July 1985. Terry Weigel, April of 1986. And something I had never even considered until... Andy and Arlene mentioned the commentary. What if they're in Play Girl? Oh. That counts. Michael Shane, who Shane Abilene, was the man of the year in 1989. That's why why he showed his ass in this one. Yep. He's from January 1989, (laughs) so there's five, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I kind of have to, like, backtrack a little bit here and, you know, see if there were any others. And the only one I could find... um, from Picasso Trigger, Steve Bond was in Playgirl in October 1975. Another Abilene. So I need to retroactively up that number from seven to eight. Jeez, okay. Yes, yeah, so there were eight in Picasso Trigger. There were five in Savage Beach. Dang. And Michael Shane, he will also be in the next several films. Um, <laughs> the, the, we should just call him Consistent Abilene. <laughs> <laughs> so... Because he's a, like the only one that shows up in multiple films. So, but yeah, so I guess it's uh, time to rate, rate this our, bad our trip boy to the Savage Beach. Ooh. Yeah. So, Steve. Well, I have RC cars. I have the trucks. RC yep. trucks. Which Of which there were none in this movie. There were no, no RC. There's no Unless RC. you count the model plane. Because that was an R, like a, it was a RC thing. But we're meant to believe that that's a, a real yeah, that's a real plane. plane. Yeah. yeah, and like everything else was RC. It's like this is specifically yeah an RC. <laughs> so yeah, there was none. But yeah, um, I'm gonna give this one. 
I think, honestly, it is probably right at this moment. Uh, rewatching them is my least favorite, so I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna do a two. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's just the, a little slow for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's so a lot of slow the, moments, and there was a lot of. Uh, That's the same rating you know. gave seven. Was that two? Okay. The movie. That's the yeah. same rating. Yeah. yeah. The movie seven. There was some fun stuff in it, but also it was pretty slow. So, all right, Teresa, uh, what is I, your rating for the film? You have, have RC helicopters. Yeah, yep, I think so. Uh, yeah. I am going to give it a two and a half. Uh, I think this one more so than most of the rest of the movies. Most of the rest of the movies get uh, gets bogged down by exposition, um, too much story, not enough girls' guns, g-strings, and explosions for me. Um, I liked it. I thought it was good. Probably the most um, complicated storyline, I would say, mm. of all of them so far. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just found it, uh, it dragged a lot, especially after the the kind of adrenaline ride that is Hard Ticket and Picasso Trigger. This one definitely slowed the yeah. momentum. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'd agree. Um, I have... RC boats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely was a lot. It was much more of a slow. I don't know. If, I don't know if slow burn is the right word for it, but or right phrase. I mean, yeah, it was definitely not as action packed. Like there was definitely, definitely plenty of boobs. You got all the boobs you can ask for in that movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, looking back at Picasso Trigger and Hard Ticket, it's like. Bit less in the kill count, bit less in the explosions. You know, not that I'm a you know bloodthirsty person <laughs> and I need mass slaughter. But that's what you expect in these movies. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was a bit like I like the stuff with the floppy disks. It was very hard to follow. Like, so yeah. he made this copy and like they have it now. Like, what's on? The, like, what? Like that was kind of hard for me to follow. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, um. It, yeah, it's it just like the whole thing with like Martinez and Jelk. It's like they're communist insurgents, and then they're betrayed by their people. It's like it, it's like it could have been more streamlined. I don't think mm-hmm. it's as complicated as Seven was. No, or Malibu Express even. Yeah, but it's, so it's so a remake of Seven. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just like eh. I don't. I didn't hate it. Certainly. So I'm going to give it a three. Three out of five. Okay. So, yeah, just middle of the road. So, so yeah, that that's uh, that's everything. But uh, maybe we have a special announcement. So we got the opportunity recently um, to have a very special interview, which will be we will be releasing on uh, YouTube in video format. This is going to be our first video format episode. But we'll also have the audio um, available just like we normally do on your typical wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we actually got to have an interview with Mrs. Ar- Arlene Sedaris. So we are very excited to share that um, interview with you and uh, maybe get some, some more background info on on these movies that there's, we so, so love. There's a lot of good anecdotes she gave us and like a lot of good information that we had no idea more about actually like Andy's personality and stuff too, which we mm-hmm. were very curious about in the first place. 
So she gave us gold, pretty much. She gives enemy gold. <laughs> uh, Puerto Rican? No. No. Filipino gold. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so. That was definitely, like, I literally had to have Steve pinch me to make sure that, like, this, this is real. We're, we're actually talking to, to her. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was very exciting. So, yeah, that's going to be coming out soon. Don't know when, but sometime. Some some point in the some point in the future. But the next movie we'll be talking about is the most just straightforward title of any any of these films. Guns. <laughs> guns, guns, guns. So yeah, so that's uh our first. So there's film from the dreaded decade of the 90s mm. yeah so so be on the lookout for the for the for those episodes coming soon and that's it bye very well thanks for listening to hard ticket to sedaris please be sure to check out our other projects at aop pod network on twitter where you can find a list of all of our other projects such as we effed up a history podcast taking a look at all the times in history where we effed up. And Imperfect Men, a Rexypod reading all of the founding fathers of the United States. You can also check out Attack of the Final Girls, a horror movie podcast through a feminist lens. And The Drunken Pawn. It's a YouTube channel where we play board games and drink craft beer. We'll see you next time on Hot Ticket to the Dance.